Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Great Iron Blitz, right here on Apple Podcasts. Tune in and Block Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez, episode 249. It is the Thanksgiving edition of the podcast, and we are going to have in the house this week and then the coming next couple weeks within the next 60 days, we're going to be spotlighting a lot of the Women's Football Hall of Fame inductees, uh, 37 of those, uh, myself included, as media honor. Uh, in this inaugural um, induction. So we're going to be talking today to the uh, pioneer and talented uh, Cynthia Bryant of the Minnesota Vixen, 20 years uh, of women's uh, gridiron in the United States. And she's going to be talking about that and obviously her induction uh, into the Hall of Fame. And in about uh, 40 minutes or 45 minutes, we're going to be talking to Mackenzie Tolliver uh, of the Seattle Majestics who also was part of Team USA at the last World Championships and part of the Majestics uh, season coming up here with the WNFC and her induction also into the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Today we're going to be uh, talking along Salty, Mackenzie Brooks in the house. Uh, we should have Luis Bean later in the hour. We will not have the WFA All-Star or a college football girl, Troy Wilson, with us, but we will manage as we go. So let's uh, bring in... Salty in the house. Mackenzie, how's it going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I believe your Cowboys are doing better. Second consecutive week with a win. We'll see if they yes. can uh, take first place. It'll be an interesting race, though, especially with uh, Alex Smith um, having been out with that nasty, nasty, nasty break. Oh, man. That was horrible I to just, watch. I, uh, I was I watching that game that. on Red Zone. And I could not muster that. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's like Theismann's injury all over again. And who would have thought? Um, I, I was, like, thinking that. And then I'm reading all these tweets going, it's 33, uh, 33 years to the day. Uh, but you know, it's just sad that it had to happen to a very nice guy. Alex Smith is always very pro. And uh, he, had a, he was having a decent season. I mean, not the greatest season, of course. But obviously, the, the Washington was in first place, giving them hope. And so at this point, um, it's a big loss. Uh, apparently, we're, uh, we're going to bring in Mark Sanchez to cure all ill here in, in Washington. Uh, I'm sorry we don't have Troy on today, but I'm pretty sure he's not happy about that either. Yeah, I can't. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. Um, and I also didn't know. <laughs> this is probably really bad, but I didn't know that Colt McCoy was even still in the league. When I saw that he was their bat, when he was their second string, and I was like, "That's a thing." Like I didn't know that he was. <laughs> I didn't know that he was still in the league, and it caught. It definitely caught me by surprise. 
All right, let's bring in the uh, championship quarterback, Louise Bean, into the mix. Uh, yeah, uh, McCoy, uh, Sanchez, uh, we can't – I mean, they could have called me if if that's the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just seems weird that you would have to call Mark Sanchez of all the quarterbacks in the league. I mean, you could have scrambled from other teams to get somebody in there. But uh, I guess that's the yeah, way it works. I mean, apparently – right, apparently Mark Sanchez is going to uh, cure all – uh, problems over there in Washington. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. I was watching one game last night, and that was the Monday Nighter, baby. 50 burgers oh, on both sides. That was awesome. I could not believe that. I was at the edge of my seat with the 44, uh, 47-44 drive, and I'm like, oh, right, let's hope we don't blow this. And then where was Gurley, McKenzie? No girly sighting. That was even more like, yeah. what? Yeah. Look, having or I guess not having girly was was more or less interesting to me because y'all still pulled out the win without there being much of a girly presence. And I'm just – the fact – and the other, the other stat that just blew my mind completely was there was 900-plus – Passing yards between like both teams, like combined, there was nine hundred plus passing yards. That's yeah, it was a thousand one total for the passing. Everybody was in the mix. Uh, We already knew coming in that this was going to be a shootout. We already knew that they have weapons. They have Hunt, Hill, Conley on either side. Uh, Even with Cup being out, you had uh, Everett step up. Uh, So there was a lot of playmakers defensively. Mackenzie, what do you say about the defense on both sides? Both. Both sides of the ball, offense and defense, really uh, on, on either side stepped up. Besides that horrible first quarter with the refs and all that, that was just horrendous. Uh, even I even oh, have to man, you know first quarter. sit there and go, what the hell are we doing here? And this is supposed to be an all-star team, so I don't know what they were drinking. But anyways, yeah, this, yeah, this the, happened the in the first, the first quarter. quarter. Yeah, the referees the first quarter to me were just, I'm just like, what are we doing right now? Like, what is, what's going on? Like, can we try to figure it out? Like, I mean, it was just—it just seemed to be just real. Wasn't even Kool-Aid. It was like horrible ginger ale. It was just bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't was bad. Like, yeah, it just wasn't. <laughs> Not something you yeah. you serve at the bar and say, "Here, it's great." No, it was pretty bad. Um, and there was false starts that weren't called. There was a uh, you know a gang uh, helmet. I mean, uh, neck tackles that weren't called. Uh, especially that one where uh, Goff went into the scored in it. You know, that was pretty, it was pretty bold. I mean, I could see it. Everybody could see it. It wasn't called. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But I'll I'll take it, right? Because I'm like, I'm on the 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 mustard team, so I'm good. Yeah, and the the one that really surprised me the most, actually it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me, the the whole, uh, the uh, choke, the punch choke, whatever that, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Dominican Sue uh, attempted to ensue on uh, on Pat Mahomes. That yeah, that one really, that one. Yeah, that one really just took the cake. That was over the top. Just like really, yeah. That was that yeah. was being. That's the definition of extra. Yeah, and and he has a habit of doing that even when he was Miami. So his tendencies are still there. I mean, they've occurred to him a, a little bit, but he still has those tendencies there. Um, yeah. What can I say? My coach is awesome. That's all I got to tell you right now. This guy is, uh, I love this guy. I wish I could just go hug him yesterday. I was like, yes. 
Yes. Oh my God, McVeigh. I'm I, I'm in love with McVeigh. I have to admit it. This is just a, it's like a love affair now. How I wanted Fisher burned and out of the out of Los Angeles. Now I'm 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 there's no way. It's just you know McVeigh all the way. This is just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> oh boy, wish I felt that way about Jason Garrett. No, no, no. Garrett is like Fisher. You need to get rid of him. You need to put some bunny on a banner or something to get rid of him. But, hey, you know what? You can't get rid of him because he's not as bad as Marvin Lewis, and he's won two in a row. And he's almost going to be in first place. So that was the whole theme this week. All the articles I read on everywhere, ESPN, everywhere else, uh, is he really in jeopardy or has he saved his job for another year? It's really the question. I'm really hoping he hasn't saved his job because – 90% of Dallas fans that are not delusional want him out. I know what you want, and I know what they want, but um, the big guy <laughs> still needs to make the call to fire him, and he hasn't done it yet. So <laughs> maybe at the end of the year, <laughs> it depends on where you land. It's still early. So. Um, but anyway, I think after so you're this winning... Washington game, yeah, yeah. After this Washington game, will determine whether or not Jason Garrett is still, like, the prodigal son in Jerry Jones's eyes. You know, I feel like Jason Garrett took that role when Tony Romo went to broadcast for CBS. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what do we say about the Saints? Uh, Luis, are you on? Yeah, I am. All right, Luis, let's talk about the Saints. Your QB, Breeze. Uh, this guy's breezing through everybody. Uh, we, we just saw Rams and Chiefs. I just don't – even with that game – I just don't think they're at the level of the Saints. And the Saints already proved it. They can beat the Rams. Now I think they get the chance to beat the Chiefs. So if, if they beat the Chiefs and the Rams, this is it. This is, you have to say MVP, right? Well, okay. So you've got to give me 10 seconds to say something about your Rams. First of all, there's a whole lot of men and women that have uh, McVay crushes right now. And I, I don't even know if there was a running play in the whole fourth quarter. Like, I, I don't – I was thinking about that, and I thought, I don't see anyone panning off the ball. So that's also pretty amazing, considering you do have Gurley. Um, and my last point was that Coliseum was rocking. Like, rocking ruckus. I haven't felt like that emotion on a TV uh, for an NFL game for a while. So that was just really, really cool. I, it almost felt like a college game. It was just felt so loud and just just felt really cool. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty everybody, amazing game. Everybody and showed up to uh, support about the fires. So there was, a big, there was a big fanfare all over Southern Cal when the game was turned over to uh, – that was going to be in L.A. So a lot, of uh-huh. the, um, a lot of the fanfare came out, and everybody from all the counties just basically just flown out to the Coliseum. So that's what you saw yesterday. Okay. Well, that's, it was just amazing. I just thought, well, the Coliseum, you know, an old, just a cool place and a cool college atmosphere. And just, it was just cool. That was just a really fun game. I mean, I know it looks like that there wasn't much defense, but there's just a bunch of amazing athletes out there. And so that was just a great game. So back to your Saints, to the Saints. Um, Here is a couple things that I'd like to point out. First of all, Drew Brees is playing awesome, of course. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. Obviously, they tried to get uh, Cowboy Des Bryant, and that just didn't happen. Uh, obviously, he got hurt. But um, they have a lot of weapons. They also have a lot of players that are willing to just do whatever. 
So when Drew Brees lines up out there at wide receiver, he doesn't, like, throw a stink. He just knows that that's what – in one game he lined up at their backup quarterback. He lined up in seven different positions, kick return, quarterback, wide receiver, slot, um, running back. I mean, so he's, like, talk of the town. Plus they just have a lot of good athletes on defense. And now I know there's a lot of talk that they don't play as well when they're not in the dome. And right now it looks like if it was playoff started today, I think they have dome the entire playoffs if it started today. Um, so pretty dangerous, you know, by the way. What them or the dome? <laughs> I'm saying they're going to be in the dome. That's dangerous because that's like oh. the home for them. Oh yeah. Well, and they played outside. I mean, they can't avoid nine wins without playing outside a little bit. But yeah, they. They played in a lot of domes. So I think, obviously, Drew Brees has always had a high completion rate his entire career, but uh, they have plays drawn up for him to be the most effective. They got athletes. They got players that are just willing to do whatever it takes to win. And they talked about how Joe Flacco, when they line up Joe Flacco out at wide receiver, he gets a funny look in his face like he's thinking, "I, I, I don't need to be out here. So... You know, it's just different approaches and sometimes different egos involved. Everyone's got egos. So um, when is that game happening? I know they talked about it last night. The Saints. So they get a bye week this week, bye week this week, and then there will be the week after, which is week 13, I believe. And where are you at again? I believe it's in New Orleans, but I'll have to I'll have thought. to double check. Okay. Well, that's going to be huge. I mean, Kansas City's not going away. Uh, yeah, I, I mean – I think, I think uh, if you look at if you look at Kansas City last night, just the the uh, errors in terms of just the turnovers is really what caused them the defeat because they had the game in hand, and all of a sudden the two picks really did them in, and that was it because of the timing. Yeah. But I mean, Mahomes played uh, you know toe to toe with Goff, so we're looking at a Brady Manning type of feel. That's what I looked yep. at last night. A brainy Manning well, type of field, teams, so we'll we'll get to see them. Yeah, the top teams that? have great gu- the top teams in the league right now have great gunslingers, and you figure that any any one of them would be a great Super Bowl uh, content, you know, Super Bowl representative just because of the oh, yeah. quarterbacks that they have and the talent. So, shape it up to be good. Are are the champs done, Luis? Are the Eagles done? The Eagles? They get they get spanked. <laughs> They're Amanda, done, I think. But, just, uh, I'm just saying they're, they're just like uh, broken pieces now. I think they're just not in unison. Yeah, and dysfunction and just, yeah, there's some broken teams out there. Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I thought Dallas was kind of broken. But, uh, yeah, they might they might pull off. I still want Jason Garrett to get fired, but I'm with McKenzie on that one. But uh, I, they I need agree. a few more talents. They need some more athletes. I mean, if, if imagine yeah. if Dak Prescott – had what any what the Rams or Kansas City or uh, New Orleans had, he he would do a little bit better. So there's some variables. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, the Rams get Detroit in Week 13, and uh, Kansas City I guess gets the Saints in Week 13. So that's going to be uh, without Gurley. I was so shocked that we didn't have that the play play calls were not for Gurley, but that, I kind of figured that game was not going to be necessary because they were just airing it out on first and second down. And they, just, they have so many wide receiver and talented playmakers that 
there's just no other way around it. And especially when they were going toe to toe, the run game wasn't really that. Even Hunt was more of a receiver than a runner. So I think that that's really what the MO was on both sides is just air the ball out. Those guys got amazing arms. I mean, the space between the the wide receivers oftentimes and the DBs is so small. Yeah, there was some there were some times where the guys were were wide open in an NFL sense, but the windows are so small. So when they say, "Oh, you got all this talent and the, and the defense isn't that good," it's really the quarterbacks that expose. I mean, both those guys have got strong arms. They can throw on a dime, 25, 30 yards downfield on a rope. And there's just no window. There's just no space. So I just think you're just looking at top-tier QB versus other teams' QBs. No, I agree. And I think the game was right there. Uh, Mackenzie, what did you think of the fourth quarter? Was it something, you know, we're going neck and neck. We're going back and forth, uh, especially when it was 47-43 and it looked like Kansas City would have it in the bag. I mean, to be honest, I was – Kind, but my face was so glued to the TV screen, I couldn't even tell you. I just knew that it was going to be a close game right even up to the very end of it. And I'm just like, because I, I picked, last week I picked Kansas City to win, and and I'm salty because they lost. And I don't like being salty all the time. So they ruined that one for me. But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wanted them to lose any other way especially because it literally was back and forth. Kansas City would get a defensive stop. St. Louis would get a defensive stop. Pat Mahomes throws for 73 yards. And then Jared Goff is out here throwing for a bunch of yards. So it was just like, it was literally back and forth. It wasn't just one-sided. So I think with them, like, especially going into the fourth quarter, it was just like do or die. Like, we're going to do this right now or we're not going to do this. And it literally came down to three points. I mean, you really All right, can't guys. ask for about um, the game. We're going to go into talking NFL and college football after the uh, interviews that we got going on. But uh, starting this week, all the way till the end of the, the first week of January, we are going to be interviewing uh, a lot of the Women's Football Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, those are going to be taking place on November 30th, uh, Luis being one of them as well, uh, myself, uh, and there's a bunch of other uh, players, about 36 players uh, besides us. Um, that are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we have two of them today as guests. Uh, the first one in the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You go to Zazzle.com for Christmas, up to 20% off. Uh, you can get Zazzle Black for about 10 free shipping. So check it out and uh, buy some stuff and get the original No Joke Football shirt, support the project. Um, and the project is really Girls Play American Football, and their game is no joke. So check it out at Zazzle.com for slash Great Iron Beauties. All right, let's uh, bring in the uh, legendary Cynthia Bryant of the Minnesota Vixen. Uh, and uh, between her and uh, Michelle, Michelle Braun, the uh, duo of the Vixen. So, um, Cynthia, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for making the time. You're on with Mackenzie Brooks, who you're probably familiar with, and Louise uh, Beans as well. So Oscar Lopez here, and uh, we're glad to have you today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hello, Mackenzie. Hello, Louise. Hey. Hey. No. Cynthia, uh, what do we say of the Vikings? Let's start there before we start your uh, interview. What do you say of the Vikings? 
Um, I say the Vikings are coming together. Uh, they're a well-rounded team. I think the O line needs to. Um, they need to get. You know, they need to step up a little bit, but they got all the pieces, all the right pieces, to make a good run deep into playoffs. Um, like I said, their O line is what needs to be fixed, I believe. Uh, Cynthia, this kind of like this NFC North is getting to be no different than the Midwest and the WFA battles with each other. So, uh, Bears, uh, Minnesota, pretty much up up there. Um, let's talk about you and your journey. Uh, 20 years, pioneer. You've probably gone through several leagues at this point. So um, when you got the uh, the call to say, hey, would you, you know, be honored to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? How was that? How did that go? Uh, well, at first, uh, we well actually we only been in two leagues. At first, league is the the IWFL. We used to be the WPFL, and then we transferred to the we moved over to the WFA. Um, last two years, this will be our third year, I believe, playing. Yes, our third year playing um, in it. But when I seen the email, actually, I didn't see the email for a very long time because I don't check my emails like that. But I thought it was a joke. I didn't know uh, Bean's first name. Um, so I was like, is this real? So then I actually had to look it up. Um, and then I figured out who it was after I contacted her. And I was like, oh, um, was a hint when she said I played with I played against you in the championship game and I was like oh Utah you know Utah Falcons so I was like the quarterback so that's when I knew it was real and I was quite excited about it um, and it's a great opportunity and I'm very uh, humbled by it. Now in Vegas you're going to be uh, in a room with about 36 other people. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it there, but it's a great honor to be. Um, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. So what does it say about your 20-year career, uh, Cynthia, uh, to just finally get some sort of recognition for all the hard work that you've put on, like Michelle says, over the 20 years? Well, um, it's, 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 it's a great honor. Um, you know, it, it is grown. And like I said, uh, to be honored and to be recognized after all these years is no doubt um, – Unbelievable, but for the most part, I'm just uh, proud that it's being pushed and that um, we continue to play and we continue to to try to grow the sport for women. Um, it's it's um, it's just remarkable. That's all I can say. It's uh, unbelievable, and you never thought it would come. But honestly, I've told my son. I have a son who's 27 who he loves that I play, and I've always told him you can guarantee your mom's going to be in the Hall of Fame sooner or later. So for it to happen, it's, uh, it's, it's a great honor. It is a great honor. Um, a, a beast on the field, as Mackenzie can attest. So we'll, we'll, we'll throw the, uh, the questions over to Mackenzie here to pick your brain. Okay. Hello, Red. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good, Mackenzie. How are you? I'm good. I was so excited to hear that we were interviewing you today. So I've been <laughs> brainstorming awesome questions. So my first one is just um, right off the bat. I, I asked Michelle the same question, so I want to pick your brain a little bit. Um, whether it be on a player standpoint, you being a player, or you know, on a team aspect, what would you say would is or has been or was the uh, most difficult um, type of adversity you would have had you 
got through to get to where you are today as a player? Um, I think um, just balancing out life, you know, balancing out uh, just working, um, being a mother, uh, doing all of that, and then coming in and playing and, and putting in all the hard work because it's just not just about going to practice. It's, we don't get to – we practice, you know, two times a week, three times when you're when you're getting ready for the season, but when the season starts two times a week and just being able to put in that extra work um, out of, you know, a, away from the team, finding that time. That's really basically. And then dealing with uh, – Different different kind of attitudes as women, you know. One thing I can say about women, you never know who's in what kind of mood on what kind of day. I uh, definitely <laughs> understand that one. <laughs> uh. So my my next question um, is: so as a twenty year veteran, so did you think when you first started that you were going to make it? to 20 seasons? Um, no. And um, just uh, I would like to say, so when I first started, first of all, my first love is basketball. And when they came to me um, and asked me to try out, I was like, okay, I love football. Um, my father, um, just being around my father, I've always loved the Vikings. I loved it. And um didn't know much about it. And then when I started playing, I was like, okay. But really the first probably nine years of me playing, uh, I really wasn't taking it too serious. I was just playing. Um, I think after the ninth year, so when people say you've been playing 20 years, how do you keep doing it? I say, no, i actually been only playing 11 because uh, the past 11 years I've really um try to step up my game every year, try to get better um, at the things I need to, study the game more, uh, stay focused on my position and what I need to do, how to be a team player because football is the ultimate team sport. I mean, you can't do anything if you guys are, if, we're, if we're not working as a team, no matter what. So, yeah. So it, I, I don't think Absolutely. that. I don't think the 20 years it, it ever countered in my head of, of, oh, I'm going to be playing this long. I think I've always, when I started playing, I'm like, let me see where I can go with this if I just give it my 100%. So it's never been about years. It's just been about uh, my dedication. Absolutely. I can, man, I can definitely attest to feeling like, you know, you're just playing. I mean, I'm actually going on on my ninth season. So when you just said that, I'm just sitting here relating to everything like, wow, that's literally me right now. So uh, that's, wow, that's that's crazy. Um, So my final question, just real, real simple about your Minnesota Vikings. Um, Do you guys think you're going to win your division? (laughs) Um, I think it's going to be challenging. I think uh, if we can get, if we can get over the hump with Chicago, but you know, Chicago, Trubisky's hurt, so if his shoulder's not all right, we might have a chance, um, you know, but I believe we have a, a very good chance of doing it. Like I said, if our O-line steps up, and that's, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is O-line is the key to everything. <laughs> it's the key. It's the key. Absolutely. Your, your O-line is, yeah, the O-line, they're the unsung heroes for real, so 
if they can get that, yeah, we'll be all right. All right. That's what I like to hear. I I want to see I want to see what Kirk Cousins does with the Vikings hey. the rest of the season. Yeah. So Kenzie, what you what you think about the not to get off track? What you think about the ninth grader three fifteen? Oh my God. Okay. Look, that's why I tagged you, and I was like, "Yo, this is like baby red." <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Like I had to watch that video two times. I was like, she she and you could tell she had more than one breath in her. Like she was ready to just yes, bl- to bust out ten. Yeah, she did. And I, you know what I you know what I love about that? I love that. I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but it's going viral. But I love that it's it's okay now for us to be that strong. I mean, I'm I I was so happy to see that. Like I'm at three hundred, and I just to see her do that, and and in ninth grade, and people cheering her on. I'm like, if back in our day, if there was just people to push women to be a little bit more stronger, it's even better. There's no telling where we would be right now. Um, it just amazes me. So it, it just gave me life. Like, that's exactly what I'm out here doing this for. It's not just about football. It's about just showing anybody that just doubts themselves that they can do anything that they want to. We can break down barriers. I mean, anybody, whether you're, uh, whether you're, you, you know, you, you feel like, um, you're not good enough, you're not tall enough, you're not skinny enough, in any in any fashion and form, not just about sports, just about anything that you do in your life. Like you can't sing, but you can, but you're not pretty enough. You don't look like the, the, the people out here that's singing, but you can sing. You know, there's so many people that hide themselves because of what society puts out there and what society puts as beauty, as talented, as um, intelligent, as, so many things that I think that the more that we, not just women, but just different people start breaking down these walls, the world can become such a beautiful place because it's so ugly right now. Like I said, that's exactly why I tell you because I was just looking at a video and I was like, geez, that's, that's a lot like me when I was in high school. I'm like, this actually reminds me of Red. So I was like, let me tag Red so she can see this because someone tagged me in it and they're like, Man, this could have been you in ninth grade. I'm like, yeah, could have, but you know, the world we live in at the time wasn't, you know, wasn't isn't what it was now. So right. I just, whew, you know, that video just did. Like, right. I literally, I've I've gone back and showed that show that video to so many people that haven't even seen it yet. And I'm like, how have you not seen this? Like, it's all over. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. All right, ma'am. Well, I'm gonna um, <laughs> hand the questions over to uh, Louise here. Okay. Hey, Red, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Louise? Hey, so I, I want to know, were, are you, were you part of the same brainstorming tour in Minnesota that Michelle was? Exactly. Yes, I was. Okay. So you guys did, came in at the same time, did all that. Um, actually, when I read yeah. up about that, there was, you know, there was a lot of players, and I just think it was pretty forward-thinking at that time to try and do what you guys did. So or whoever thought that up. I mean, wasn't there like 400 girls that tried out and just all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, and they were from all over. I mean, yeah. um, I don't – yeah, so we call her Betty. Mubruko, uh, I think I can't pronounce her name, but she's from Japan, and she, she plays for the Warriors. She actually came up here to try out from Japan. She was there – in Japan they were trying to play, and she actually was a center. 
and we we nicknamed. She couldn't speak a lick of English. Oh man, and she's another. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's another long-term. She plays with the Warriors, who was just in the championship of the WFA. So, it, it, I mean, we had people from everywhere where, I mean, like from Washington, from California. Um, actually, my house was a host house for some of the girls that came <laughs> up from California that made the team. And then the second year, what happened was um, we I ended up going to Daytona because they wanted to spread the teams out, get people to go and um, build teams other places. So we actually went, some of us went down to Daytona and actually started the Daytona Beach Barracudas, and we had, like, team houses where uh, coaches went down there. Some people that was part owner of the Vixen and the Minks went and got these houses. So we had it in different houses and stuff and just started just trying to spread it. And it uh, ended, up, it ended up spreading and growing. Yeah, that's just when I learned about that whole story. I just thought, wow, that is just really cool because that was 20 years ago. And then to, to find just a handful of people that were a part of it, that was really cool. I should tell you that ever since we played you guys a couple years ago, like you're the one player that always everyone remembers on our team. Uh, and, and there was a point in that game where our center, Quinn, she'd say, hey, if they call play to red side, you just check out of it. I said, okay. Because <laughs> see, the center would have to help block down on you and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was – you had a good game. And and uh, and so, yeah, we everyone – that's you're the only person that we remember. So, this year when uh, the Falcons head coach was asked to be the West head coach and they had drawn the line with the Mississippi River, you were one of the first players that he requested. Um, and you had said oh. – you know, you, you couldn't play because of your injury. But, yeah, he, he, he's like, uh, hey, find out if, if Fred can play. If I remember, I emailed you. Because the coaches, you know, they discuss the players and stuff like that. But, yeah, you're one of the first ones he requested. So, it's too bad you can't do that. But that is awesome that you're coming out. Just as an FYI for, um, for you and Oscar, there's out of the 38 inductees, uh, 26 are coming and two more are trying to come. And That's and awesome. there's going to be a room full of 100 people because the, the room maxed out at about 103. And so there's going to be a whole lot of people there. So get ready for your 30-second accept, 30 acceptance speech. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And I most appreciate it because my father and my mother, I'm bringing them. And my dad, is uh, he's declining, so he's, he's not able to walk too good. And stuff, mm-hmm. so he's so happy, and it's just that just to have that happen is um, amazing. I I really so I'm I'm playing again this year, so it's more or less like a safety. Yeah, it's more oh, or less yeah. of a safety thing because uh, you know, it's it's like when it, I want to play, but I know it, the way I the way my mindset is is that I'm gonna go all out. And when you go oh, yeah. all out and stuff, you're taking a risk. And you know what I'm saying? Totally. So I'm like totally. You, where 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 do I wanna? I, I want to go out on the top, so you know I am playing. Oh yeah. it's better. It's season. better just enjoy the strip in Vegas. Forget about all that <laughs> game stuff. Just go to Vegas, enjoy the strip. Just be a fan. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. wanted you to know that you were requested as one of the first people that he wanted. So, anyways, you stuck oh, out you. to to us and to him. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I could. That. I mean, I would have had to have started a whole lot younger to get 20 years in. But, uh, you know, for me, because I just finished my ninth and for, for 
for every year that I've done it, there's always has to be like, well, what's the hurdle now? Or what's the challenge now? Or what's the, the thing you want to accomplish? And so do you find that that was hard every year? Or did you to know why you wanted to play the next year? Or do, do you feel like every year you thought, I wonder if I'm going to play this year? Kind of waiting till the reason your, your, your why came to be for every year. Well, it, it, every year you you learn, and every year I've learned, um, you know, a, a, it's a challenge all the time. You know, when you, you got to figure out how to get past the, the double team. Um, truthfully, honestly, I, I've always said that when I re- I will retire when I get when nobody double teams me. I feel like, I feel <laughs> well, that's like, the rule. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I do. I truly feel like. Um, and that's and that's not being big head or anything. That means like when when you're not being double teamed or they're not worried about you, then you, there's you're hurting your team. You're not giving. You know what I'm saying? There's you yep. can't do anything anything else. And so therefore, it's time to let somebody else step through. Or I always say it's I'm at practice and we're practicing. If if there's a rookie or anybody else every year I come in, I say I'm a rookie. Every year I leave off the field. When the game is done, like the championship game was done, I went right to thinking, what could I have done better? What do I need to do to get better next year? It's it's never uh, – I've never stopped and said, well, I'm, I'm just done. No, every year I climb to try to get to the best that I can be and the things that I need to work on. And so even though I get double teamed, it's like, how do I get past them? I, w- I want to dominate that. I want to leave – I have grandkids, so – um, I want to leave them something to always remember by, like, I've I've always worked as hard as I can. And that was with basketball. That's with my line of work I do as a dean. Um, that's with every part of my life. I want to put forth effort the best way I can. And uh, so until and well, and if this you, older guy that – go ahead. No, you keep going. Keep going. Uh, well, this is just one more thing. This um, elderly guy that works out at the gym that I do – in the morning, his wife had uh, passed away, and he always asked me about football, and I always say, well, I think I'm going to be done this year. And he's like, do you love it? Yes. Uh, do you feel like you should be done? Are you are you injured? And I was like, no. And he was like, uh, do you feel like you're not producing? And I was like, no. He said, then why would you stop? And I said, well, I'm 46. He said, what does age have to do with anything? If you're able to do it and you love it and you have the passion for it, then why would you give that up? So you got your own personal life coach down at the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely think that yeah. you have to be that way or the effort isn't worth it. I mean, if it, if your brain is not working that way, then, you're, then you would think, well, why am I doing this? Why am I putting my brain and my body through those kind of things unless you feel like there's something that you need to accomplish? So uh, that's very cool and uh, excited to see you and others there. I know there's a, the committee. Uh, there's just a lot of people that are that are invested in trying to make a whole bunch of other people feel honored and feel awesome on that day. So it really stinks that Oscar can't come, but I know he's got some some uh, big time duties that he's got to deal with. And so anyway, we'll see you and uh, turn it yeah. over to Oscar. All right, thank you very much. All right, much. yeah, thank I'm you. just gonna when I got my wife with some illness stuff, and so that's you know priority there. But uh, I'm happy for everybody that going to be on the list and on the on the class of this uh, inaugural class so um cynthia i thank you for making the time uh, i know we were going back and forth on email and uh, 
I know you're busy and all that, but uh, really looking forward to um, this speech uh, at the induction. Hopefully everybody face Facebook live. Hopefully we can do a Facebook live. That would be awesome for, for us to re replay, uh, especially for grandkids and for everybody in general. Um, Cynthia, yeah. the championship game, let's talk about that before we let you go here. Um, the Sharks, pretty formidable opponent. You guys met him before and you went down to the wire and all of a sudden you go to ATL and the result just didn't work out. But uh, off season, I guess you guys are all working hard from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're working, we're working very hard. Um, just looking forward to getting back to that um, and hopefully a, a different outcome. You know, it was a hard fall game. It was a, ooh, it was a nail biter. You know, so it it actually came down to stripping the ball a little bit sooner and actually the whistle being blown um, at the last like minute. Our our middle line, our linebackers stripped the ball from the running back and was in running back, but they said that they had blew the whistle. You know, so just if it would have been a second earlier, it, the game could have been different. She was going back in for the touchdown, but I mean, it happens. You know, it was it was a hard fall game. Every time we played them here, it's even the first year. You know, they were the first team that we went and played. That's that was a deal at the barnstorming tour. That out of the best, out of the minks in the Minnesota, the best top, the top forty would travel down to New York to play them. They went from flag to turn into a football team, a tackle football team, and we went down there and played them, and the score was actually 7-0. So every time we play them, it's by one touchdown we lose or win. Yeah, it seems like that's the result for every time, but a competitive game all the way around. You guys had a great season. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, the November 30th um, dinner and where you guys are going to be inducted, and then on December first, the All Star Game, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be see, you're going to be sitting in the stands, just with some mai tais oh, and yeah. some nice drinks out there, just watching everybody else get hammered <laughs> on the field. So that's the best hey, seat, Audrey, anyway. Can I ask her? Can I ask her one more question, yeah, go ahead. really quick? Hey, so in your 20 years, do you have your three top teams that you played against, or is it too much to think? No, it's not too much. Um, okay. The three top teams, uh, of course, uh, Utah. You guys, you guys taught us something to be on that that caliber. And then in the very beginning, the Dallas Diamonds for sure, and Houston Energy. Yes, they were the Texas teams were no joke. Oh yeah, always. Been so good. in your twenty years, you can think of them that fast, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Oh yeah. Okay. Diamonds are just legendary. They were just beast on the field. I mean, kind of like the uh, elite in the in the WFA, oh. but um, a lot of talent on there. You got Welter there as well, which is going to be inducted as well. So a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of talent on there. Um, so, uh, uh, Red, Cynthia, thank you for bring, making the time. We look forward to the November 30th dinner, uh, and hopefully, like I said, they'll Facebook Live it, and we'll – uh, congratulations on your induction into the Women's Football Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. And we we'll look forward to the uh, 2019 WFA Minnesota Vixen season and uh, obviously your uh, contributions to getting back to the uh, championship. Hopefully. Thank you so much. Thank you. And congratulations to you, too. And you, too, Lewis. And McKinley, hey, thanks. you'll be there soon enough. And Brooks, you'll be there soon enough, all right? Oh, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. You guys keep working, and I'll see you soon, all right? 
See ya. Thank you, Cynthia. Have a great day. Yep, you too. All right, so that was Cynthia Bryant of the Minnesota Vixen, 20-year pioneer. Uh, What a beast on the field. Mackenzie, you can attest to that. Uh, First hand, Luis, you can attest to that. So uh, what a beast on the field, Uh, a pioneer, uh, a really, really hardworking individual. And, uh, um, you know, like she says, it's been a journey. And Minnesota is is just, you know, it's just honored to have her. And now she's going to be in Vegas uh, enshrined and see the Women's uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, that's that's awesome. It's kind of Michelle Braun and it's kind of like the duo that goes in. It's it's a very nice moment. I love it. Yeah, I love it all. Definitely. All right. So let's go into the huddle. It's the second interview that we're going to have here. And like I said before, starting this week up to January 1st, we are going to have a lot of the inductees that are going to be uh, done on November 30th. And after November 30th, a lot of them have agreed to come on and, and tell, you know, and have interviews with us. So I, I'm really appreciative of that. Um, so let's go into the huddle and sponsored by Zazzle.com. Get your hoodies, leggings, everything else for Christmas. Get it early, up to 40% off. Use the, use the codes on Zazzle. Help us out with the project. Uh, get the original No Joke Football shirt and with the discount, and it adds up to about 20 bucks. So help us out with that. Go to the Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauty. That's what keeps our radio program going. Thanks to Zazzle for keeping us alive for almost 10 years. Really appreciative. And so let's go to the huddle. And the next uh, inductee into the Hall of Fame is a Seattle Majestics and Team USA, the talented uh, Mackenzie Tolliver in the house. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Mackenzie, what's going on? Uh, thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it, and congratulations. Uh, kind of honored to be in the class with you and all the other inductees, including Cynthia here that we just talked to. Uh, but uh, what a career you're having, and to represent your country as well. And now, uh, you know, just an honor to be in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. It's been a wild ride. That's uh, that's for sure. I feel very honored to be a part of everything that. I've had an opportunity to be a part of so far, so pretty awesome. Through injuries, through injuries and everything for you, this is the this is kind of a, a nice thing for you to end up at, you know, the Hall of Fame and through everything you've gone through, and then on top of that, representing your country. So tell us a little bit about Vancouver and how that was a moment for you. Oh well, uh, Vancouver was really, I think, became even more special to me. Um, because I got injured. <laughs> so it's kind of a common theme, it feels like, the last couple of years. But um, I got injured, so I, we tried out um, in January. And when I got – I had been struggling with my back. And so when I got home, it got worse and got worse. And, um, anyways, I ended up, like, severely herniating a disc in my back and having to do an emergency surgery a week before season. So um, Vancouver became extra special to me because – I had to sit out that whole entire season, and it was devastating um, to be sidelined. And, you know, I mean, I didn't hurt myself in a game. I didn't even hurt myself in practice. It just was, a like, obviously an, a something that had been going on that I wasn't aware of. Um, and so it, it was bittersweet because I sat out, but I still had so much motivation to work even harder because I had Team USA in June. And I literally had exactly 12 weeks from the surgery date until the day I left for Vancouver. 
And um, it's pretty risky to play football 12 weeks after a back surgery, but they said they would clear me if I hit all the milestones. And um, I honestly think having football going during that time helped me um, mentally and emotionally to keep going. So um, getting to Vancouver, it just made it, it just made it even more uh, incredible of an experience because I just felt really fortunate to be playing football and then to be putting red, white, and blue on on top of that. I, I can't explain the feeling. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool experience for sure. Mackenzie, what did you think of all the uh, Great Britain, Australia, Mexico, all the other countries that just across from you? I mean, that was just gotta, that's got to be like a, a huge moment. Yeah, it is. Um, I grew up, so I swam really competitively growing up. So competing for my country was something I've been thinking about from the time I was 10 years old. So to actually be able to do that and be standing, and, and obviously different sport, but to be standing in the same place, competing um, in the same arena with players from other countries was like a dream come true. And and honestly, even better because I love football a million times more than I ever loved to swim. So um, it was it was a great experience for me for that reason. It was literally something I dreamed of um, my entire life and felt like I could accomplish. I just didn't know once swimming was over how I was going to accomplish that. So it was pretty cool. Um, and I'm also really passionate about football and bringing football to every female that wants to play it. So seeing that the game is expanding uh, across the world is phenomenal. Very motivating. Mackenzie, is this your last ride at the induction, or are we continuing our career at this point, or what, what priorities are set after, after Vegas on the 30th? Yeah, so, well, I was out this last season because I tore my ACL. So, yeah, I'm definitely coming back for another season. I uh, have a lot to prove, and um, <laughs> I got a lot to prove here. And on top of that, I love football so much. I t I tell my husband all the time that I'm going to be done after this season, but hopefully he's not listening. But I'm not sure how I'm going to how I'm gonna hang up the, the cleats. Um, we'll see. This season for sure, and then – Kind of depends on the kids and the family after this, but um, I'm not I'm not I'm not for sure on when my my end end time is going to be. All right, so you got you got things to worry about. Um, the the acceptance speech is is that something that getting hard to do, or is there something simple that you you were going to do, or, or have you done it? Where are you at with that? Um, no, I, you know, I, I was just listening uh, a couple of minutes ago and finding out they were doing acceptance speeches. So I'm going to have to prepare that because I tell people I love to talk and I love people, but I don't like talking in front of people. So, um, I don't mind like this being behind, you know, where you can't see me, but yeah, so I'm going to have to definitely work on that for sure. <laughs> so we'll see. It'll and be you're short not gonna and sweet. Have, there'll be no alcohol for you to be part of that. So that's not going to make it as smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually think it's probably better that I don't have any alcohol. <laughs> I agree. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be hopefully just fine, short and sweet. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's have Mackenzie here uh, poke your brain on uh, your career and obviously your induction. Hello, how are you doing today? Hi, good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You're so bubbly. I love it. <laughs> I know. Okay, well, so, I know. I try not to be. I try not to be, but then people ask what's wrong with me. So. 
Yeah, I get that often too. Usually, I'm a pretty bubbly person. <laughs> like, yeah. So my first, my first yep. question is: You said you were a competitive swimmer um, in your younger years. So, what made you switch from swimming to playing football of all sports? I know, I know, right? Well, I always, I grew up wanting to play football, so I was always out in the field with the boys. Um, I grew up swimming and playing soccer, so um, I had my best group of friends in high school was uh, the football guys, so I spent a lot of time uh, out throwing the ball around and learning the plays and learning the game of football, Um, but obviously swimming is is very contradictory to football, but also swimming takes up a lot of your time, so um, I swam... um, competitively from 10 until um, through college I swam in college and um, I didn't get into football until after I had both of my kids Um, and it was something I'd wanted to do once I finished my collegiate athletic career but life just didn't really take me there those first couple years after college Um, but once I had my kids I really needed to get back into competition and needed something more than um, you know co-ed soccer games and all of that I really liked the structure of uh, elite sports and I like uh, an end goal so you know a championship or something of that nature and so um, I looked it up and uh, found a team in Seattle and, and immediately I mean I think two minutes into tryouts I was hooked but um, it was something I'd always wanted to do it's just as a swimmer you don't have any options if, if that's the path that you're taking it, there's not room for any other sports it's very difficult um, to be a multi-sport athlete as a swimmer. Um, and also, obviously, football wasn't, you know, there weren't any opportunities really uh, growing up for, for females. So uh, the switch came, I think, just by fate, that there happened to be a door open and uh, an opportunity in my life to be able to have a little bit of time to fit it in. So I can definitely attest to uh participating in a sport that's completely contradictory to uh, football. I spent most of my childhood being um, an amateur figure skater, so making the switch from figure skating. (laughs) Yeah. I did not know that. Wow, yeah. We have more uh, to talk about than I thought we did. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. Crazy. That's why I wanted to ask, because I was like, like, I wonder what other sports she played before before switching to football. Especially people just yeah. like, oh, swimming? Oh, figure skating? Really? Those are two backward sports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I also think that the level of commit. I mean, all sports, there's a high level of commitment. But, um, like, the, the figure skaters, the gymnastics athletes, and the swimmers, it, it, for some reason the sports are just set up around five to six hours a day. I, I, I still don't understand oh. it. But um, So it's like the, the, the desperate need for like high level physical fitness in your life is extreme. I can't explain it to people, but when you go from five hours a day to even one to two hours, I, I never really feel complete, to be honest. Um, I, I think it's hard to compare to, um, but I think that you, you really need something. And so for me, it was like I need something that's going to be, you know, pretty highly competitive so that it can make me feel somewhat fulfilled because I'm not getting the hours of physical fitness activity, you know, and I'm sure you can relate to that because figure skating is very similar. Yeah, it was, especially when I had made the first, like, I'm essentially hung up my skates and put cleats back on after playing softball and everything. I was just like, this is very not what I'm used to. And I really wasn't even sure if I was going to like it because I'm so used to, I was used to being in a rink for 800 hours and being freezing cold for eight hours, you know, and just back and forth and back and forth. And once I finally decided, like, I can no longer 
state anymore. I had to try to transfer everything I knew as far as, you know, skill development over to the football field again. And then, so I definitely, I definitely understand you. So my second question um, is kind of more or less along the lines of um, what was your, what was your initial thought when you, after you had, you know, tried out for Team USA and then got the email or letter back that you had made the team? Well, it's interesting. I'm I'm really critical, so um, I, I don't know how to explain it other than I will drop a ball that I had to dive over a defender for that wasn't even really within reach and hit off my fingertip, and I'll think about it for three weeks. <laughs> so when I left Team USA, I, I was struggling a lot with my back, and so I just already felt like physically I had underperformed, and I spent weeks overanalyzing every little thing I felt like I could have done better. And so I had convinced myself that I, there's no way that I showed as well as I could potentially show. So when I, when we got the, which is just typical, it's just how I am. Um, I think it makes me better as an athlete. Um, I like to be really critical of myself, but, but also when I got that email, I didn't really see the email. A teammate actually came up to me after practice. She had seen the email and then she told me that I made the team and, um, I think a lot of me was shocked because I was so critical on, on myself and spent so many hours overanalyzing the little things that I felt like I could have done better. So the initial response, um, I was shocked. I think it took a few days and, and a few of my peers, you know, convincing me that I was too hypercritical um, and I need to give myself a break to when I realized, like, yeah, no, yeah, this is – this is um, I definitely played as well as maybe I – wasn't give, better than I was giving myself credit for and everything. And so then I was able to really um, absorb the, you know, the situation and what the experience was going to be and tell my family and my friends and, and get excited about it. So um, I, it took a while, but, but I, then I got excited, you know, after a few weeks. So just took a minute. <laughs> I get you. Like, like I said, I can relate to as far as wanting to, you know, wear your, your uh, country's colors and represent your country and, respective sport with me being a figure skater I, that's definitely always been a dream of mine to put on my country's colors and um you know represent the u.s as a whole in the art of sport so i'm just like i'm very envious of you right now because i hope to be there <laughs> one day um but i'm just so amazed that you know you went from swimming to soccer to football to having multiple injuries and just coming out and beast moding everything. So props to you, girl. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it definitely red, white, and blue is something I've been thinking about uh, for a very long time. And so I think also that probably, um, looking back, contributed to a little bit of the shock factors, not only being hypercritical, but also just living out a dream and also in a sport that I didn't even realize I loved so much. I mean, I thought I loved it. But, you know, as I continue to play, I love it so deeply that, um, I mean, I, I sacrifice and will continue to sacrifice a lot to play this sport because I can't imagine walking away from it in any capacity. And so I think it took a while. But, the, I mean, just the thought of representing our country is, is so cool. And it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience as well. So um, I feel very honored. So. That's awesome. Well, that concludes yeah. my questions, ma'am. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to uh, Luis for more questions and brain picking. 
Okay. All right, Mackenzie. So uh, Mackenzie and I met last year when we were both at the All-Star game. And, yeah, it's probably good that she doesn't drink any alcohol this trip. I never said none the whole trip. I just said for the all star, for the Hall of Fame induction. Clear water. That's all I got to say. Clear yeah. water. Well, uh, well uh, the good thing is, is that um, yeah, the committee hadn't told me to tell all the inductees yet about their uh, speeches yet. So that was going to happen in the next couple of days. But because Cynthia was on the was on the phone call, I thought I should just throw that out there. So, yeah, that, now you know. Um, so uh, it, it, it'll be good. I, I'm not worried at all with your abilities. So um, I know you're not playing this year because you're still recovering. And I have been, I, it has been suggested to ask you, so when are you going to beat the Falcons? Well, so here's the deal. So I am playing this year. Um, okay. I have – yeah, I had my surgery. I, I tried to have surgery as soon as possible after I tore my ACL. Um, and so I will be cleared. I actually am just hit six months post-op and am 100% full playing football. So I am playing, and I don't know. We're, the the Falcons aren't in our regular schedule, so hopefully we get to see them in playoffs. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I haven't stopped thinking, I haven't stopped thinking yeah. about playing the Falcons. Uh, you know, so um, that's a lot of my motivation right now. <laughs> so hopefully we can, uh, you know, keep working hard as a team and come out strong. And I, I hate to say it, but I'd love to beat Rick because I think he, yeah. he might be more competitive than me, and I have never <laughs> met a human more competitive than myself. So. <laughs> well, well, I just threw that out there as a fun thing, but uh, I, I will tell. I got to tell Oscar and Kenzie that last year she had already torn her ACL. And so she went and got permission to wear a big old brace so that she could play in the game against the Falcons. So, uh, and then she stopped playing after that and had to had her surgery. So yeah, she is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of Falcons really like Mackenzie. So, um, so don't what, tell her husband than, that because he doesn't even know she's playing next year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's true. Now, is your husband coming with you? Uh, no. Okay. He's not. Um, yeah. He no. He's not coming. Uh, it's we uh, use the grandparents for you know holidays and stuff like that. So we didn't, sure. didn't have anyone to watch the kiddos. So totally, um, I've totally been in that yeah. boat. So I was just curious if he was coming. Yep. Um, yep. So no, other than I wish. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, other than like the induction, you know, what are other things that. Because you got you played last year, so what are some other things that you're looking forward to for this weekend, for that weekend? Because it's a lot of, I mean, it's going to be 120 athletes from 25 teams represented, and a lot of coaches. So, yeah, so I absolutely love All Star Games, or like when when we had the World Games, and um, you know, events where multiple athletes get together from multiple different locations. Um, A, I love networking. I love connecting with people. Um, And I love hearing the people's stories. So like how they came to football, what their backgrounds are, what they do now to be a better athlete and all of that. And so for me, um, even though I'm not playing, um, I'm not cleared to play in the all-star game. um, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm hopefully do a little bit of just 
you know, coaching or mentoring on the sidelines. Um, but I just love connecting with people and watching people play and continuing to learn the game. So a lot of my focus is listening to the coaches, listening to other veteran athletes that are there, um, new athletes that are there. You can learn from everybody and just continuing to advance my knowledge of the game. So that's, I'm the most excited about that because I know I'll walk away having learned some, some, more, some more stuff football, I guess. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things, too, about these is that you get to play with different athletes. A big deal for me was playing with athletes that I had played with before, but now they were in a different league. Can't hang out with them. And so that was my favorite thing. Obviously, I made new friends. I made friends with you. That's how I met you. And just other people. So, yeah, you're right. The networking is awesome. And just the, the chance to measure yourself up in a competitive way because yeah. that's an, if that's if that's not natural for somebody to come to see to size themselves up and to compete with other good players then I don't know what makes that person an athlete because that's an athletic mind yeah. that's just you can't help yeah it. you know that's going to be I think my biggest struggle um is going to be that yeah that's a huge part of of going to those things is really seeing who's good what makes them good how good are they compared to you? You know, the whole, yeah, the mm-hmm. whole athlete, you know, mindset, mm-hmm. but not being able to go out there and showcase my skill set or where I'm at in my recovery or whatever. And so it, it's actually been a very humbling experience. I can say, um, I, you know, I hate to say that being injured has been a good experience, but I mean, you learn from everything. Um, but it's very humbling because you go out there and you look at everybody and, and you really just, respect them at face value because even though you respect them if you're playing against them you can't even in your head talk smack it's like (laughs) I just got to respect you for your skills right now because I can't come out here and you know play against you or play with you or what have you and so um it's it's a challenge it's it's a mental argument in my head all the time (laughs) um back and forth but that is a that is a huge part and I can also say my very first all-star um, experience um, was when I really, really fell in love with football because it, it brings you together. It brings you together with other elite athletes and shows you what else is out there and what else you can work towards. And so I just, I think it's a continual reminder of other athletes that are out there and how much better you need to continue to get every single day. It's not just the people in your, um, you know, your direct surrounding on your team um, that you're you know, not competing with, but you know what I'm saying. When you're trying to be a really good yep. athlete, you're, you know, looking at everyone else who's good and, and, and trying to get better. But it, it makes you realize the bigger picture. Um, yeah. And so I really like that because it's a constant reminder to, to get better because there's other athletes out there who already are better and, and are continuing to get better. So. Well, I agree with that. I like how you – first, you all get to be on the same team as yeah. a unit. You kind of you, – you, it's not encouraged to because uh, you're all in the same uniform, your helmet's the only thing that's different. So if you're encouraged to play together as that unit, not as yep. pieces of other units. And so I really like that. Yeah. And then also just the um, the the fact that yeah, you see everyone's story. You see because this is still a fledgling sport in a sense. It's not like people make money. That you see everyone sacrifice. Like you just see, like yeah. you said, their stories and what they go through to play this sport. And so, yeah, it's, it's humbling. I, I know it's got to just be stinky to not be able to play. Um, but I'm still really glad you're coming and just being a part of the whole thing. So 
I've got it yeah, all for so, all. Well, I, I, yeah, and there's always going to be new faces. So um, I love people. I love connecting. And um, the one thing when you said we're on the same team, just different helmets, it gives you an opportunity to really, um, for lack of a better way of explaining it, but shoot the shit with people and just say, like, <laughs> hey, what's up? You know, talk, Smack talk a little bit with other teams that you might be playing, but actually create a friendship that's different. Yeah. And, and you're not – you're not able to create those friendships when you're in a competitive environment during season playing against them. So I really like that. I, I think it helps you to be excited um, and look forward to games against other teams as well. Yep, totally agree. Well, hey, I'll see you next week. Um, I'll let you let you go. I mean, I'll let send it over to Oscar, and I'll talk to you later, Mackenzie. All right. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Mackenzie, uh, let's talk NFL, Seahawks, where do you think they stand? We just talked to Cynthia about the Vikings. Where do you think your Seahawks stand? Well, here's the deal. I, uh, I'm a Niners fan <laughs> in Seahawks territory. Um, so I'm really You're with, you're with is... Custis. You and Custis, yeah, huh? Yeah, yep, Holly and I. Yeah, Holly's a little more – she she probably watches NFL, well, the Niners more than I do. Right now it's tough because um, we actually do watch the Seahawks more, and the Niners are terrible. So um, I uh, actually have allocated most of my football, my passion, you know, the passion of football right now to college because I'm a Washington State Coug, and we're seventh in the country. So that's where a lot of my energy is going. And then, and then Sundays I kind of just watch every team and – keep track of my fantasy teams, but, um, you know, I can talk Seahawks. I think they look, they look okay. I think they're going to end up better than, you know, than everyone predicted them to be. They replaced a lot of players. And I think the one thing with football that people forget about is chemistry and camaraderie within a team. And you remove a couple of those key players and it can completely change the dynamic. And I, you know, for whatever the reasons are, I can, yeah, and I can respect the reasons, and, and it's a business, and, you know, you've got other components to that, but I think they're going to have to rebuild around that because I think Russ is a great leader for the offense, but you need more than just one core leader, and um, the quarterback already has so much pressure that, you know, he can't, he can't lead the whole team, you know, all the time. And so I think that it's going to be a couple of years, but I think Pete Carroll is an incredible coach, so I think they'll come back full circle. So hopefully by then I'll be a Seahawks fan. <laughs> hopefully not, as Custis would tell you. Um, I know. So, Mackenzie, so mad at me. It's, been, it's been great uh, chatting with you. Love your energy. And uh, looking forward to November uh, 30th at the dinner uh, when you get inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame with the remaining 37 others. And so there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of awesome players going into the Hall of Fame. Um, just historic names, uh, the player that have contributed yourself, putting you know yourself out to Team USA as well as your tenure with your team in Seattle. So it's it's been a journey for a lot of people, and it's going to be exciting to just get to you know watch and listen to everybody uh, at the event. Unfortunately, I can't make it there, but hopefully, like I said, they'll do some Facebook Live, and that way it'll be nice to kind of just get the moment there. And then uh, you're going to be hanging out with uh, Red, uh, Cynthia Bryan in the stands, I guess. You guys are going to be doing uh, Mai Tais and stuff, just watching everybody else at the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to convince them to uh, let me sit in the stands instead of on the sidelines so I can have some drinks. <laughs> that's, the be- that's the best deal is the liquid, So especially in Vegas. I mean, you can't have enough liquid in Vegas. So. 
Well, I know that also means I can't have anything to drink all day in Vegas <laughs> before the game. So <laughs> I think I definitely need to head to the head to the bleachers for sure. <laughs> all right, Mackenzie, thank you for making the time. Looking forward to it. And then you guys are going to be competing in the WNFC for 2019. So that's going to be very exciting. I know uh, McCarran's excited to be in the WNFC, uh, the new, you know, whole new league, whole new mentality as, as Holly has alluded to and Luis has alluded to. So that's also going to be pretty exciting for you guys to just jump into a brand new format. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. I'm really proud of what they're accomplishing. So can't wait to be a part of it. All right. Have a great night. Thank you once again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, and all the, all the work for this week to get here for the interview. So continued success and we'll see you next year in the WNFC. And then on the 30th, obviously inducted into the women's football hall of fame. Yeah, awesome. And I just want to say thanks for everything you're doing for the women's game. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Appreciate it. We'll see you then. All right. All right. Bye. All right, Mackenzie. Uh, there you go. One Mackenzie to another. How's that work? Really nice. One salty and one very, very energetic. Uh, and Tolliver has been just awesome for the, for the Majestics and uh, representing her country on top of that. So, that's awesome. You know, it's it's a McKenzie thing to play two different sports and end up playing football. It really is. Like, you know, you kind of have to be cool to do that. Just throw that out there. <laughs> hey, I, I'll, I'll give you that. A figure skating, I would have never figured you'd be doing figure skating. This is just like right throw it out there right now. You would never thought of that. Just like her not doing yeah, swimming. I, you would never think she'd be doing swimming. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it, it's something that – People like me, myself, and Mackenzie get a lot, especially making the crossover from one completely opposite sport of football to playing the sport of football. It's completely, you know, obvious two opposite ends of the sporting spectrum. So it's always a nice, it's always a nice reaction when I can surprise somebody um, and tell them, you know, my lengthy and strange athletic background. It's always refreshing to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 kind of you know interesting. Like she said, when you go to an all-star event or you go to a big event like that, kind of interesting to see all the backgrounds and uh, the journeys and the stories and the sacrifices. So it makes you kind of appreciate some of the you know athletes how they're playing at a top level with all the obstacles in in their way. So that's just you know you just gotta it makes you feel good at the same time. At the same time, you kind of like okay, you know, which it should be a pro sport by now, but it's not. But uh, you know, we're making strides and that's the one thing that we always have to kind of keep in the back of our mind is, um, you know, there's people doing something to make a strides for it. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that at some point one of these leagues does break through and then it happens to a point where somebody is compensated, just like the WNBA. And so it's a starting point, but that's really where our next level is. And I think everybody that has competed in this sport for the last, you know, 12, even before that, we're talking like the Toledo troopers, but would have never thought that we'd get this far. And we are almost at another pinnacle and another level from where we were at like 10 years ago. So I've been following it for 10 years and every year it's gotten to another level, whether it be with one league or another or collapse and re rebuild. And at some point we make uh, progress, the, the tier system to make, you know, better teams, uh, you know, the compensation system, the travel, uh, less than the travel costs. So there's a lot of things that are happening within the whole group. It is a puzzle that it's broken, 
that's the one obstacle within the sport. I think that everybody has to sit back and go, why it has to be so difficult, but it's what it is, unfortunately. Absolutely. I can definitely agree, especially just with my going on my ninth season, just to see where it's come from, from when I started in 2010 to where, to where we've gotten coming into 2019, just that nine to 10 year gap window is still crazy to me. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, we do have uh, certain folks now that have made strides, you know, Sam Rappaport at NFL, you have Jen Walter that made some strides there. You got, um, you know, all the players obviously on team USA that have contributed to it. And some of the players are key players on USA football. So there's a lot of inroads being made in the backgrounds that uh, are being made and, and, and they're, putting a path together but it's a slow process to get there and unfortunately you know we just you know we're not like the uh, rabbit we're more of a turtle and we're getting closer and closer absolutely one small step at a time that's what I keep saying all right let's go into the college football mentality and we have scenarios um I think Saturday this coming Saturday it's going to be Michigan at Ohio State. Is that what it was? Yeah, if I'm reading right, my, my stats here. Is that right? Michigan at Ohio State? I think Ohio State's at Michigan. It says Michigan at Ohio State. That's what I wrote down, unless I'm, I wrote it wrong. But it says at Ohio State. Uh, so that's another high-state classic, right, in store here. Either Michigan 10-1, and 8-0, or Ohio State 10-1, and 7-1 takes the Big Ten East. Uh, so they would earn they would earn a, a conference title meeting with Northwestern, and that gets them to basically kind of have a conversation about the college football playoffs. If, and that's my understanding. Yep, and I'm taking Michigan by ten points. You're on you're on Troy's bandwagon. Is that what? I am. So here's my theory, and you're right. It is at Ohio State. Um, so here's my theory. They're going into the Wolverines. Are going into Columbus um, with, or I guess against an Urban Meyer um, lackluster team, offensively, defensively. The Ohio State Buckeyes are, you know, they're pretty decent. I mean, I would take my Iowa my my Iowa Hawkeyes defense over the Buckeyes defense any day, other than the fact that I'm a homer. But if I'm talking just football, I'm taking the Iowa defense over Ohio State. Which brings me to my next point. Shea Patterson and Donovan Peoples-Jones are two of the best QB running back receiver combo in the Big Ten right now, as it stands. They're bo- both teams are 10-1. and one. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is one of the most electrifying punt returners I've ever seen in my natural-born football life. It, just the way he makes people miss and the way he can get around people in ways that you just don't even think should be possible at a college level, he does it. Along with Shea Patterson finally um, having the chance to open up the playbook with the coaches and throw the long bombs like he can, throw the mid-range bombs like he can. He, and he's also mobile, too. He's not too mobile, but he's more mobile than Dwayne Haskins. Um, Dwayne Haskins doesn't have many threats as far as his wideouts as far as um, his running backs, which is, I mean, which is not a bad thing because if you can be a dual threat quarterback, then it's not that big a deal. But 
um, Dwayne Haskins isn't isn't the mo- isn't the mobile threat that Shea Patterson is, which is why I'm taking Michigan by ten because it's going to come down to that last. It's going to come come down to that first field goal and that last seven points. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, it's going to be one of those keys. Um, what do we say of US uh, UCF? UCF is undefeated, ten and zero, seven and zero. They've clinched a berth in the American title game against Houston or Memphis, uh, but beating the rival Bulls seven and four, and they're I think they're three and four, could move the Knights up to the playoff rankings. So they've been a surprise all season. So this is kind of a moment for them. They're undefeated, so. Well, they should have been in the talks last year, to be honest. They were undefeated last year and didn't get the respect they deserved. Now they're finally starting. You know, they, they've had to now go two years in a row without losing a game for people to start to notice them, which actually annoys the living crap out of me. Because, yeah, they may, they may not be Bama, but they have literally not lost a game in almost two years, I believe. I believe since Mackenzie Milton came over to U, uh, UCF. They have not lost a game for – almost 600 plus days, 700 plus days or days, I guess. So I'm, Um, I'm yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to see uh, the kind of respect they start to get as the season wins on. Um, I, I do believe they're in, they're on the top 25 college football um, rankings. I'm almost positive they they are on it this, uh, this evening. Um, Mackenzie, what do we say of the uh, Washington, Washington State? It'll be Friday. The winner of the Apple Cup takes the Pacific 12 North, and that earns them the right to face Utah in the league t- title game. The Cougars are 10-1, and 7-1, and one, also have an outside college football playoff uh, opportunity here. Ooh, this game. I've been, uh, I've been on the fence with this game. Um. And I I really don't even know if I can decide at this point to be completely honest with you. Ugh. I might have to make my decision. I, I'm, closer to I'm game thinking time. we got to I think in Washington State would probably be here besides Washington, but the Cougars um, the Cougars are ten and one, so they're probably the favorite at this point. So it's going to be a tough battle and interstate battle there. Um, we're already taking Michigan, as you said. I'm pretty sure Troy's very happy about that because he knows he's taking Michigan. Um, Florida at Florida State Saturday. This one's bigger for the Seminoles. Seminoles are five and six, and the three and five in the ACC. Uh, they need to beat the Gators for eight and three and five and three, or they will uh, uh, end their bowl streak. For my notes here, thirty-six, the thirty-six bowl streak, uh, thirty-six consecutive bowl streaks will end for them. Um, I kind of stopped. Not gonna lie, I kind of stopped. Uh, I kind of gave up hope after they. Lost terribly to Virginia Tech um, at the top. That was brutal. Oh yeah, it was just. I was just like, I don't really feel like they're gonna do much. But hearing that they are five and six and still in bowl contention still intrigued me a little bit. And we we all know I like to go for the underdog, and clearly FSU is the underdog in this game. Um, I don't care what stat lines say. I don't care what ESPN says. I don't care what any of that says. It's just the fact the Florida Gators have played better ball than the Florida State Seminoles. But with that being said, I'm going with the Seminoles by a field goal, especially if they don't want to break their, their bowl streak. They're, they're going to try, they're going to find a way to win. 
That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, should we even talk about Alabama, Auburn and Alabama at this point? Because it's really more of a shoe-in for Alabama already, right? Well, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't call it a shoe-in. I would say like, oh, 89%, 85% Bama, and then the rest. Uh, I mean, something Auburn, crazy would have to happen where Auburn upsets Alabama for something to shake up, right? Yeah, and I'm I like I said I I'm a person of underdog, so I'm taking Auburn by three as well. So you really think Auburn's got a shot, huh? Oh yeah, any given Saturday, Oscar. Any given Saturday, wow! I just don't see it, but I mean, I could be obviously. I'm not a, as diehard a football a college football fans as you and Troy, but I'm assuming I have to go with the the proven winner. So I, I just don't see Auburn doing that, but. Stranger things have happened, to your point. Well, let's, let's put it this way. Aside from just the fact that Bama's clearly the dominant king of college football, two is injured. Everybody knows it. Unfortunately, they're probably going to be targeting him a lot more as far as defensive pressure, um, you know, defensive balls batted down, stuff like that. But Jared Stidham, on the other hand, um, he's definitely not as talented as Tua is or nor close to it. He's a very good quarterback, but he's just – he's not – he doesn't hold a, a candle to Tua. That's been proven, with, especially with the season that Bama and Tua have had. I don't think – there's only one There's only one quarterback that holds a candle to Tua Tagovailoa, and we're going to get to him in a minute because I know you're going to talk about Oklahoma. So, um, I just I just see Auburn – I see them wanting it more. I see them wanting to be the ones to upset the the current streak that Bama has been on for how no, God knows how long. Um, I just see Stidham in that offense. I see them moving at a higher pace, especially because it's an in-state rivalry. I, I see it happening. All right, so LSU at Texas A&M. That will be Saturday on SEC Network. The two lost Tigers, uh, they're 9-2, and two, I believe, are going to need a lot of help if they want to get into the playoffs. Uh, but failing to beat Texas uh, will make LSU an unworthy uh, conversation here. But do they have a shot at this point? LSU, yeah, I see it. Um, it's going to be one of those. LSU is going to be one of those. If LSU is going to be one of those teams that if they get in, it's going to be because somebody unexpected has lost or somebody unexpected has won, has won, it's not going to be because of their record, which is kind of unfortunate because LSU has only lost two games. But they were two important games. Um, so that's how I see it. LSU is going to be one of those teams that's kind of looking on, going to be kind of on the outside looking in, um, kind of hoping their, their playoff hopes are still alive, um, depending on these next couple weeks as far as this weekend. Um um, next week for those people who had bye weeks in the early season. All right. Uh, Notre Dame at USC. That's going to be Saturday on ABC. Kind of the focus pretty much. Uh, they're 11-0. They can make it uh, their final, you know, pretty much a statement to try to get into the playoff selection. But there's also plenty of stakes for USC, which hasn't played that well in terms of uh, Pac-10 play and, and overall, which must win to reach the postseason. So must win for the Trojans just to make a statement, more of an upset, do you think, here, if USC does pull it off? If they do pull it off, yeah. It'll, it won't be as big of an upset as um, 
Auburn, if Auburn were to beat Bama, but it'll definitely right, right. be an upset. Alabama, right. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll definitely be um, on the radar of upsets. I just don't see them so beating McKenzie, Notre if, Dame. If USC beats, uh, make, make me understand that if USC beats Notre Dame, then at this point they would be 11-1, and one, so it would be what, strength of schedule to look at or competitive opponent of, to even be considered? Um, I would say probably a little bit more. I think it's a little bit of both. I would say probably more leading towards strength of schedule as a side to um, formidable opponents. I mean, because honestly, in my – and this is just my opinion, but in my overall opinion, I feel like the more formidable um, opponent for Notre Dame are the Michigan Wolverines. And I feel like if Michigan would have played – Notre Dame, say, last week or even two weeks ago, the game, the outcome would have been different. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, great. I thought I lost you there. Um, so, uh, Oklahoma State at TCU, that was Saturday. Uh, so, the Horn Frogs would need to beat the Cowboys to preserve a – to get, you know, to be both eligible at this point. So, that's kind of an interesting matchup there. Um Oklahoma State at TCU. That's on Fox on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna have to take the the, the Okie State Cowboys by probably ten, especially the way they played against Oklahoma. Um, and they played West Virginia last week, right? Yeah. So, so especially with the like I said, with the way they the Cowboys have played these past two games, I feel like all that's going to going to fold over into this week and they're just going to hand a horn the horn frogs a loss it's going to be um it won't be double digits it'll be seven or eight points at best in my opinion what do you say about maryland uh they coming off of back-to-back heartbreaks against indiana and ohio state uh maryland gets a gets a final crack at bowl eligibility here against the heavily favored uh penn state and lions so uh, I just uh, – I don't know if they got it. They've fallen short, and I think this week's going to be the same. Oh, this one I struggled with, too. Um, mm, as much as I want to go for Maryland, because they are the obvious underdog, I just don't see them beating Trace McSorley. I just don't. Trace McSorley himself is just a phenomenal football player, not even quarterback. Like, he is an athlete. And Maryland's defense, their front their front seven, I don't think is going to be quick enough to get the pressure on them like they need to, to have him, you know, mess up balls or make a long read. I just don't see that happening. I just, uh, I just don't see it happening. They're struggling to finish. That's the problem. The last two weeks said that I've kind of look into it, they're struggling to finish, and that's one of the issues that you're going to have, especially when you're facing a better opponent. So, um, Georgia Tech at Georgia Saturday on SEC, Net, on SEC Network. The Bulldogs are 10-1, and 7-1, already in the SEC title game. But a loss here to the um, the Jackets would put them a pretty uh, pretty bad damper on their college playoff hopes. So, um, so it's literally, I mean, it's a win. they got to win at home, basically. 
Yeah, I'm on. I'm gonna take uh, Georgia Tech by ten because I'm not. I am not a Bulldogs fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I just see Georgia Tech pulling the upset. I really do, and that's not like that's not you know trying to knock the dog fan base because I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of hate and salt after this pod is done, but. I just see Georgia Tech pulling the upset. I just do. By 10. All right. Uh, let's talk to the final game here. Oklahoma at West Virginia Friday on ESPN. This matchup is going to be uh, a, a win and you're in for the Big 12 a game purposes, in other words. And so, in fact, it is unlikely that in an event that Kansas beats Texas, that's before this game, I presume, uh, from my notes, it would be Oklahoma – could have a berth locked up before they even play the game that night. So implications are for the playoff implications. That's what they're at right now. Yeah. And unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm going to take Oklahoma by 14 points. Kyler Murray and Trey Sermon are again, two of the scariest combination QB wide receiver running back combos I've ever seen. Like at first, and even without, Sermon, Kyler Murray himself could rush the ball the entire game if he needed to. Not that he ever actually needs to, but he's also had to go through a lot of adversity through the season, just, you know, people getting hurt, his his first string running back getting hurt and having to move everybody around, having to get used to, you know, living, essentially living in Baker Mayfield's shadow and then working his way out of Baker Mayfield's shadow to create his own shadow and then essentially being what looks like um, one of the top two, top two or three finalists in the Heisman um, conversation. So, like I said, as much as it pains me to even admit that I'm rooting for a sooner willingly, it's just it pains every soul in my body. But I'm going with Oklahoma by 14 points. So, scenario here is if Texas and West Virginia both lose Friday, that means Oklahoma would be in. The other scenario mm-hmm. is uh, West uh, West Virginia can still get the Big 12 title game with an Iowa State loss versus Kansas State on Saturday. So big implications for both of them. They could walk in already birthed or they'd have to, you know, some things have to happen for them to make their uh, their eligibility there. So um, I think that's pretty much all the games that we covered. Um, let's see here. I think I covered everything. Texas, uh, Texas and Kansas, we just talked about that. So Texas advances to the Big 12 game with a win over the Jayhawks playing the final game of David Betty's era. A loss does not eliminate the Longhorns from Big 12 championship contention, but they need West Virginia to lose and Ohio, Ohio State to win in order to create a three-way tie uh, would put them at 6-3 and three, and that means Texas would win the tiebreaker. So that's what's at stake on Friday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these games play out as to who gets in and who doesn't or who's going to be on the looking glass kind of thing. This is the, this is kind of the time of the year where it gets really crazy here in the, uh, basically in, you know, in general, just for college football. And that's why I'm saying it gets so, so interesting to the point where it's like you get a little bit on the edge because uh, one, one scenario here and then you're a bowl eligible, you're not. And uh, you know, that 36, games a winning streak for being eligible for the bowl that's that's huge and it really puts a damper on some of these programs because they rely on so much getting to bowl eligibility 
as Troy had mentioned before, that it's a, it's a, you know, it's crucial. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's just going to be interesting all the way around as far as um, who gets into what bowl, where bowls are going to be played, stuff like that. You also forgot to mention um, the Nebraska Cornhuskers at the Iowa Hawkeyes on Friday. Oh yeah, Cornhuskers at Iowa Hawkeyes. Did I miss that? Yes, you did. All right. Um, I think I did. I don't think I wrote it down. It's okay. It's not a big game, though. I mean, it's a big game in the sense of Iowa and Nebraska, but it's not quite a big game in the Big Ten because, well, we have, everybody knows how the Cornhusker season has gone or not gone, um, depending on how you look at it. And Iowa coming off a 63 win, uh, 60, yeah, 63 point win, slaughtering to the Illinois Illini, um, you know, which also elated me to watch that entire game. Um, was just great, especially after finally breaking a three-game streak, losing streak. Just it was just all right. Let's, let's move into uh, week twelve and let's go quickly here. Thanksgiving night, uh, November twenty-second. Three games on the slate for the NFL. It is the uh, Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. Trubisky pretty much questionable with the shoulder injury. Stafford always horrible on th- on uh, Thanksgiving. And horrible pretty much weekly. <laughs> we'll just add that. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so Khalil Mack's probably going to come Mackin because I don't see the Lions really doing much, even with the mediocre quarterback, whoever they put back there. The, they've been playing good ball. Um, they might run the ball with Cohen and, and company, and they might just pass the ball to Gabriel and Burton. Uh, but the defense, I, I just don't see it. So I, I'm taking Chicago here on Thursday. Um, so I don't know what your feelings are there. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to have to go with Khalil Mack and the Bears, um, even if uh, something happens to Trubisky even more and he's not able to play. I still feel like their defense is going to be formidable enough to put the the pressure on Stafford. Like we, like we all know, Stafford plays terribly on Thanksgiving. So with, you know, with history as it's been and with how the Bears have been rolling, just adding Khalil Mack to that, um, that already powerful defense, I think is going to be too much for the Lions to handle. Yeah, you got Washington taking on your Cowboys. Troy against you and Louise's team here. Uh, Cowboys two-game winning streak. Uh, the horrible incident for Alex Smith in Washington. They're going to bring in probably Mark Sanchez. I have no idea what they're drinking. But anyways, it looks to me like this is a battle for the NFC East. Literally, it's going to be a battle for the NFC East. The winner here basically takes a little bit of control in terms of uh, a matchup win. And obviously, I'm going for my Cowboys. And it's going to be by, like, six points. It's not going to be double digits by any means. They always play tough. And so, given the quarterback situation in in Washington, the, the Washington D has played really well, where the Dallas D has, I think, underperformed. Offensively, I think Dallas has gotten going now with Cooper a, a week or two now in the mix. Uh, Hearns and company, Beasley, they're starting to somewhat gel. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going Dallas here, unfortunately, uh, given the circumstances in, in Washington. Um, Atlanta, New Orleans. Can we just say the Falcons stink? They're dirty birds? Because I think Breeze is the just going to – 
They're buzzers. The Breeze is just going to come in and just kick ass. I don't know what other word I can put in it. Kamara, Ingram. uh, I mean, they're just going to kick ass. Uh, Atlanta has underperformed. They have played horribly the last three weeks, and I think they continue to do the same here on Thanksgiving. They're going to be so turkeyed up that they're not going to be able to perform on that day. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's going to – oh, man, I hate to say this, but Drew Brees is literally going to put his foot into someone's behind, much like he did to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Alvin Kamara is going to run all over them. It's going to be wonderful. Um, I don't – I just don't see Matt Ryan and Mohamed Sanu and Julio Jones. I don't – see them beating Drew Brees. I just, I, I know. I just don't see it. I, I, mean, I don't know how else to put it, just like you said. I just, it, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a thing. So, uh, Mackenzie, are you looking forward to Kurt Cousins completely collapsing another week? He's taking on Aaron Rodgers. They didn't play very well against the Bears. And so, Minnesota's got issues. They've started to have issues here lately. And, uh, Chemistry over in Green Bay with uh, the two receivers now, including Adams, getting into the mix. They're starting to pick it up. Their defense looked pretty well. Um, the last couple of weeks are starting to kind of gelled up. So uh, it is at Minnesota in the Dome. It looks it looks a perfect scenario for either Kirk Cousins to step up or for uh, Aaron Rodgers to just do his thing like he normally does. We'll see. With that, I I just I'm I'm very questionable with Green Bay in general right now. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with them. Usually they'd be really hot right now, yet they haven't been, and it's rather uh, rather concerning to me, honestly. It's a must. It's a must win for both. Must win for both. They don't have a choice because if Chicago wins on Thursday, they have one of these two teams has to kind of take. State neck and neck, so it's a must win. More so, I think, for Minnesota than Green Bay. To um, keep any hopes alive in Minnesota, they have to beat Green Bay. But in the same respect, for Green Bay to keep the you know, keep their momentum going like they should have been, they have they also have to win. I mean, obviously, somebody has to lose or they can tie. But it's more or less it's a more it's more of a win for uh, the Vikings. I can tell you right now, uh, Houston at uh, Tennessee at Houston is not going to be the same as Kansas City at Los Angeles. Just don't see it. I just don't see it at all. So it might be a disappointing game to watch on Monday. But I'm not going to be watching it because my team's on a bye and I don't need to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I may I may end up watching that game just because it's football, but I don't really see any excitement coming from that game. I think if Mariota is not going to play up to par, uh, looking at uh, Watson here taking the game with uh, Watts, I think Houston pretty much wins this one, if anything. And this is a big, 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 big battle here for the AFC South and, and positioning the AFC South, too. It's a big game on Monday. Yeah, especially it, I, it, to me, it seems after, ever since uh, Mariota beat my Cowboys, he's declined some, or at least the team has. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, so let's go into uh, women's uh, international news and notes before we get out of here. we got about 15 minutes. Uh, let's just break it down here. December 30th, big 
big matchup here. It is uh, at Nissan Stadium as part of the Titans versus Colts. It was announced by the United States Women's Football League that the Tri-City Thunder will be facing the Women's Football Alliance Knoxville Lightning right after the Titans versus Colts game on December 30th. Pretty huge news. So that's, that's huge for women's football as well. Last time we had a uh, play, uh, play in the uh, NFL stadium was at Heinz Field. That was Chicago Force taking on the San Diego Surge for the WFA Championship. And so this is kind of a nice, uh, you know, way to go to uh, the Johnson uh, ownership out in the USWSFL to put this together at Nissan Stadium. I'm I'm so stoked. I really hope they televise that game or get a a live stream going. I have, that's something I have to see. That is a game I have to see and is on my calendar. Um, so I'm hoping they stick around and have some kind of extra coverage for that game. So uh, shout out to the USWSFL for um, doing their part and uh, showcasing women's football on a big stage, and that is at Nissan Stadium. Titans versus Colts right after the matchup, December 30th. It will be the USWSFL versus the WFA uh, Knoxville Lightning as well. So awesome there. Um, Check out the hub at Facebook.com, 6,500 strong, going on 6,600 strong. And uh, so go like our page. Check out all the stuff that we got there. All our network partners that work really hard week to week to bring you still photos of everything that's happening, videos on YouTube, everything that we can collaborate to get you to understand that women's football exists internationally. There's a passion for it, and their game is no joke. So go to the hub at Gridiron Beauties on Facebook. Go follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. Check us out on Instagram for amazing moments, uh, amazing moments that happen in women's American football at Gridiron Beauties there. Uh, check out our Snapchat as well at Gridiron Beauty uh, and our YouTube channel as well. You can replay a lot of videos there as well on our YouTube channel. Go like our YouTube channel, subscribe to it as well. And don't forget to go to Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties all season long between now and December. Get your gifts, uh, showcase and spotlight some of our stuff. Give out as a gift to other uh, football players as well as family members. Check it out. Support the uh, amazing game that is Women's American Football and let them know that their game is no joke. So check out our stuff. Save up to about 40% off on all our stuff. Use the daily codes. And if you get Zazzle Black for about uh, $10, it's free shipping in the U.S. If you want to order internationally, go to Zazzle.com. At the very bottom, it's Worldwide tab. Select your country code, and you order directly from your country code and save some money there, too. So pretty awesome. Uh, Let's get the rundown here. The XFFL Texas returns for February 2019. You can watch the video on our Facebook page. Pretty awesome video done. The South Texas Generals were featured as well uh, on one of their – Media Days, so check it out there. The Austin Acoustic uh, was is completely blown up. Uh, the roster for 2018 is completely gone. There's a couple pieces left behind. At this point, the Acoustic add Savannah Wood for the Minis, um, Seattle Miss. They add Nicole Peterson from the Seattle Miss, Michelle Angel from the Seattle Miss, and the return of Tishay Winfrey. So big news over in Austin. It's going to revamp the whole squad there. In other news, our no-joke football athlete, oh, um, Anna Garza, is now in Omaha as part of the Omaha Heart, and she's currently trying out to be the QB there. So there you go, uh, Mackenzie, right in back in your neck of your woods. Anna Garza 
looking to be the QB for the Omaha Heart. I hope she gets that job, to be honest. I hope she does. I want to see um, what she can bring from transferring from one team, you know, to the other team, seeing how they run their offense. I can tell you, Mackenzie, uh, this this girl started in Mexico, trekked her way over there, played there, crossed over to Texas. This is her third year in Legends, and now she's like, okay, I want to just prove myself on a worse team, and Omaha has never had a legit quarterback, and she literally wants to be that legit quarterback. So hats off to her for trying to elevate her game as well. Absolutely, especially if she if she is willing to be that one to team on her shoulders and make the team better. I'm I'm all in for that. I'm I want to see it happen. It's going to be a thing, and especially following her from Mexico to Texas and now to Omaha, I'm stoked to see what she does. All right, shout out to Gracie Honda. Milestone, 100 points scored in Gridiron West out in Australia. The first, it's a two-year-old league, but she's the first player to score 100 points. It's a milestone for Gridiron West. So congratulations to Gracie Honda out there of the Gridiron West Women's League. Gridiron West champions, or there's a recap provided by communitynews.com of the Perth Blitz and the recap of the uh, weekend games. Check it out at Gridiron West. Uh, on the communitynews.com site. Go to the hub there as well. You can also watch the uh, Italian uh, leagues uh, in match, the CIFF 39-0, Serene Milano versus White Tigers. You can also get highlights of the uh, from Angelo Kane. Thank you, Angelo Kane, for bringing us together a YouTube channel uh, of Pirates versus Underdogs. That was week five, 12-6, the Underdogs. Nasia Del, Del Roto out there in the underdogs as well. Uh, Legends Football League, new schedule for 2019, 10th anniversary. That is uh, posted up already. First game of the season, it is the uh, classic matchup of Seattle Miss versus the Los Angeles Temptation. Seattle, new coaching staff from last year, returning now. And then Los Angeles completely revamped with new coaching staff as uh, Tui Sanoa left, left Los Angeles. So there's a couple of veterans coming back, new faces and old crowd there. So it's going to be interesting to see the new look Seattle Miss minus Michelle Angel taking on, obviously, the L.A. Temptation and the new look Temptation under the new coaching staff. So a lot of changes there. Chicago Bliss, Coach Hack announced on Instagram, no longer going to be a part of the LFL or the Chicago Bliss. So that is a complete shock, and we will see who takes the helm of the Chicago Bliss. As we talked to Allie Alberts before, Mackenzie, and she's retiring. So a lot of players retiring on the Bliss. So the Bliss is basically going to be more like the Seattle Miss of this year, which was basically revamped and new coaching staff. We'll see how they, that affects them. I think, I think um, Allie Alberts should, should be the head coach for Chicago. I, I agree. Maybe we should call her up, take it over. She'll be almost as good as hack. Um, the Berlin Cobras offseason recruitment uh, video is on our Facebook page. The champion, uh, German champions, Berlin Cobras, in off-season mode. They're looking for new recruits. So if you're in Germany, in that area, they're more than happy to hook you up with tryouts. Uh, IWFL and WFA and WNFC tryouts are ongoing right now. You can follow WNFCfootball.com, WFAProFootball.com, and the IWFLSports.com. So you go to the sites there, and you guys can get tryout dates for all the teams nationwide. Check out the cool video of the FFX video on the FFX 2013 by Passion Films. It's a very cool video done uh, a couple years ago. 
really, really nice. And check it out. It's pretty awesome about the uh, evolution of women's American football in Mexico via the FFX Mexico. So it's pretty awesome there as well. Um, see here, my other notes that I had. Let me turn it over here. There's a lot of stuff happening in the inter international scene. Uh, Gridiron New South Wales, Sydney Lions, 14, winners 14-2 over the North Sydney Rebels. Uh, we'll get you caught up on our Twitter feed as well on the playoffs situation there. FX uh, Mexico Week 5. You can check out the highlights. Dolphins 29-18 victory over the Amazonas by Artec Sports. And then the Raiders 19-12 versus the Jaguars, also courtesy of Artec Sports. Congratulations to the Austria women's Dacia Vikings for winning their 16th championship in Austria. The Austria women's championship 2018 highlights by Sabine uh, Simol there. We appreciate that. It was happened November 17th. Um, so it was uh 31 to 16 versus the newbie dragons. You also get, they also get spotlighted by the um, CT, uh, city for you TV uh, courtesy of Sonny rent. So thank you to Sonny rent for spotlighting the Dacia Vikings out there in Austria. Um, let's go here with my other notes in Denmark, Queens football league, Amsterdam cats and the Archon vampires of Germany had a scrimmage. You can check the highlights there as well on our Facebook page, the Liga de football del Pacifico. That's in Mexico, um, and that's week two happening now. Pretty Monsters, 45-25 versus Valkarias of Culiacan. Um, so, Mackenzie, the Liga de Football del Pacifico, we knew it was a lingerie style last year, and they uh, just launched full kit this season, two weeks ago. Full kit, eight weeks, and is their first season as full kit uh, NFL style, and uh, they're having very good success. So, Pretty Monsters, 45-25 versus Valkarias. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when I I actually saw some of the uh, some of the highlights from that game and then the uh, the Austria game. Those women over there can hit. Holy cow! I can't imagine. I also can't imagine making a switch from legend style play to full kit. You know, after having less equipment on, less you know, um, less of a uniform to switching over to an entire uniform, entire kit. It has to be such a strange adjustment. Oh, man. But like I said, the women internationally can hit just as hard, if not harder, as the women here in the U.S. So I just think it's, I just think it's a great thing. It's going to – oh, man. Oh, I just love it. I love it. And we got highlights as well from uh, Costa Rica, the ADMFA, Costa Rica International Friendly via Yarda 506 TV. We want to thank them. Lexa, Mexico. 20-16 to 16 winners over the Valkyrias of Costa Rica. And then they also had a lingerie-style event uh, brought to you by the Women's Football League of WFL event in Costa Rica, and that was the All-Stars there, High Voltage versus uh, Vipers. Uh, and so that was the matchup there. Uh, Lympha final, uh, it's going to be uh, Mamba Negras versus West Angels. The playoffs start this week. We'll get you updated on the Lympha uh, legend-style play in Mexico. Uh, FX, FXL Mexico announces Me a Mexican Bowl event that's going to happen on December 8th. It will be the Beats taking on the Charms, and we'll get more details there on our Facebook page as well. Uh, Tercer Tiempo uh, gave us the coverage of week one of FXL uh, winter action, uh, legend style, as the Beats took, uh, defeated the Legendarias 19-18, first win of the season. Check out the video there. And this coming weekend in Brisbane, 
It is going to be Gridiron Queensland Sun Bowl Championship, November 24th. Christy Moran, our Norwich football athlete, along with Christy Torres, uh, Bayside Ravens taking on uh, Casey Cubis and the Griffith Thunder. It's going to be live via live Brisbane, so don't miss it. We'll have the link up and everything going on. So pretty exciting championship coming up in Australia, Mackenzie, this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just, like I said, all these, I'm more interested in the uh, international scene than I am the U.S. scene, probably because I'm a U.S. player. But I'm more or less excited to see everything and all the changes that happen across the world as far as women's football is concerned. So this will be a great matchup to look forward to as well. All right. Uh, shout out to everybody that contributes to making us the hub for Women's American Football Weekly at, at facebook.com forward slash radar viewers. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, network with us. Try to get it, the exposure. We are wall-to-wall, global, Europe, Australia, Guam, North America, South America, you name it. If it's being played, even in the Middle East, they're getting kitted up. So if it's, uh, if it's being played worldwide, we are on top of it, and we're very proud of that. And thank you to our, all our network partners for giving us photo stills, videos, links, and stories. Uh, you are, you're, the ones, you're the reason that we exist, and you're the reason that, obviously, the exposure for women's football is what it is. So, Mackenzie, go to the hub, right? Facebook for Darn Beauties. Absolutely. Do I see all the Loads of information, loads of videos, highlight reels, upcoming events, all kinds of stuff. So if you can get there, get your thoughts to the hub on Facebook. Facebook slash Gridiron Beauties. Also follow all of us on social media. Oscar Budget for our Twitter handle. Yeah, I think you went Darth Vader on me. That's a pretty cool <laughs> on your voice. <laughs> Are you still there? I am. Yeah, I think you went Darth Vader on me. That was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for Mackenzie Brooks, uh, the absent Louise Bean, uh, Troy Wilson, and Holly Custis, and thanks to uh, Cynthia Bryant for coming in from the Minnesota Vixen, as well as the always informative and energetic Mackenzie Tolliver of the Seattle Majestics. Uh, Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next week on another episode of the Gray and Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Tune in and Apple Podcast. Have a great night, everybody. See ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.